0: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Concerts that made us interviews and stories tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and the cheering crowd sound. It's concerts. Concerts that made us. Concerts that made us
2: Hey, what's up? It's Gareth here from the Man Mattels, and you're listening to Concerts That Made Us.
0: you're very welcome to concerts that made us
2: yeah thanks a lot for having me uh i mean i just first of all want to say thanks a lot for for reaching out and giving us the opportunity to talk to the people that's that's obviously listened to your podcast
0: it's an absolute honor to have you guys now i'm looking forward to letting the listeners get some insights into your music now you guys released your ep dead nature on the 28th of july what can you tell us about it
2: yeah, so that's actually the follow-up. So about a year ago, we released EP called Intimate Enemy, and then we followed that up now. It was an interesting process. I say this because uh, our bassist, um, Lyle, he actually went over to the UK. So he's there now at the moment, and he's coming back to us now on the 22nd of August. So we had to fill that gap. So we had all this music ready to go, but then he had an opportunity to go across uh, to the UK for a year. and I mean, we couldn't really hold him back. So we needed to find a replacement so we got a, a friend of ours uh, divan who, st- who stepped in for the year and he did such a solid job so we got down to work um and we we managed to get that that recorded so we we recorded the ep um with this wizard of a <laughs> of a tracking engineer his name's dean bailey um he first of all charges us great rates and it, he just understands what we're trying to do so we can go in there i mean f- it's a four track ep but we did it all in in pretty much like a day and a half so we work quite quickly but it's because i mean it's punk you know what i mean all our tracks are less than two and a half minutes so <laughs> it's easy listening you know <laughs> uh, but uh, uh and then what we do is that we actually came across uh i mean maybe this i'll try to cut a long story short but we came across uh, a band uh, from france called mad foxes i don't know if you've heard of them but no actually yeah you should check them out they they're super awesome and um you know, they're also three-piece like us, and the sound that they that they get, so we were just like wowes We need to try and figure out who's working with them, who's doing the mixing. So we did some research, and we found their mixing engine, or re- the same gentleman does recording, he does the mixing. I think he does the mastering, too. His name's Christoph Hogematt. And then uh, I reached out to him. I said, would you like to work with the South African band? And, and he's like, hell yeah, let's do it. So uh, since the Intimate Enemy EP was decided to go with him, because Christoph knows, you know, all I said to him from the start was, "All we want is our music to remain raw, but but it has to be powerful." And he's like, "That's all I need." I'm like, "Okay, well, that's easy." And he he'll literally like take the songs and he mixes it once or twice, and it's done. It's like he's an absolute artist when it comes to to understanding what you as a band want. So, uh, in, uh sorry. So, Dead Nature. First of all, the whole concept is uh, about you know, <laughs> listen, I'm. I, I'm, I can speak about it now, but, you know, I had a, a pretty tough uh, upbringing, like I'm sure many other hundreds and thousands of people uh, have. But, uh, you know, I've always kind of been ashamed of of, of certain things. But, like, now I'm, it's easier for me to discuss it. And I find, like, solace in, in writing music and being able to f- perform because, for me, it's easier to express myself through music. Um, <clears throat> but before, what it did to kind of, like... Um, I can say, deal with with like the pain and disappointments and, you know, regrets and whatever I, I was carrying around on my shoulders is that I created like this, what I call like a dead nature around me. So you kind of uh, dud all your emotions out. And so if you imagine standing um, on like a, a flat surface and there's probably like a radius of about two and a half meters around you, like uh, 360 degrees around you, that's just like dead, no emotions, nothing is allowed to come close to you. Nothing is allowed to kind of penetrate that like, psyche of yours or your emotional state of being and that's how i kind of made <laughs> made it through my life it sounds terrible and it's you know that's that's how i dealt with it i'm not saying that's how, that's how people should deal with it but that's how i did it and dead nature is pretty much all about trying to tap into that so i feel that our music for three pieces as well we, we able to really generate a, a powerful sound something that's uh hard hitting got like big breakdowns and you can hear the emotion coming through it and i feel like if you're going to just write music that you think people are going to want to hear, you're kind of missing the point because music is like a real art and like, I need to tap into what it is that I was ashamed of in the past and stuff that hurt me in the past to really be able to deliver my message. And I think that's, that's exactly what dead nature is all about. So I think we've managed to really capture the essence of that being and we've put it on record.
0: Yeah. I know you say you can do it now, you can talk about it now and you can tap into it now, but that must've been a very hard process at the beginning, was it?
2: yeah so somebody funny enough was speaking to me about it the other day um asking like isn't it like really like tiring and draining to really get into that state of being and like put yourself out there so i remember at the the start that it it was really difficult because you do have to revisit a lot of like trauma and whatnot but it it seems like the more the minute you're able you know the older you get you start growing and you become stronger as an individual and you're able to go back and you can see it for what it was and you know (laughs) it's. It's hard for me to explain, but it doesn't hurt me as much as it did in the past. And I've come to a stage in my life where expressing myself and speaking about it has actually made me feel a lot better. So that's so it doesn't hurt as much uh, as it used to. But, uh, you know, I still need to kind of channel that to bring out the rage on stage.
0: Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I suppose (laughs) the older you are, the older you get it kind of, you become more dull to it because you're after, you know, (laughs)
2: For sure. I mean, life is quite cynical as it is. I mean, uh, the older you get, uh, the less you really care. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. And the songwriting then, how as a band, how do you guys approach it? Do one of you just bring a song and you work on it, or is it a more collaborative effort?
2: Yeah, so I've always uh, believed that, you know, for a project to really work, there needs to be like a consistent voice behind it. So... I started this band uh, actually first started the man motels in 2011 and the band went until 2013. Uh, the bassist at the time he actually relocated to Germany and then the band just kind of fell apart. And then I did really, uh, it was interesting, but, but terrible uh, solo stuff. And then I decided like, listen, I've got all this music. I need to restart the band. I started it uh, in 2018 and then I, I brought in a new uh, two members. So that's Lyle and Pierre. Um, and we, we we started writing. So me saying that it needs to be like a consistent voice, you know, because it was my project, I had an idea. And like we already just, just discussed, you know, the feelings that I carried around and everything that I've kind of had to go through, I've used that as inspiration for writing. So the, the writing process generally includes me uh, writing like a core to the song, like a core sound or feeling or riff. Um, and then I send it to our WhatsApp group and then we have a quick discussion of whether or not we feel we can work on something like that. And then if it's a yes, then we obviously at rehearsal, the next rehearsal, we'll sit and we'll kind of go through the, the the song and just dissect it and be like, okay, well, this of you would make like a really great bridge. This could be the ending and we we build on it from there. But that being said, you know, it might be my idea at the start, but the songs would never really truly be able to find True worth if if the other two guys didn't didn't you know have their their input because lyle is a machine on the bass. I mean those driving bass riffs and Pierre just like he slams those drums and I need that like for me to be able to perform on stage if I can't feel that kick drum and I can't feel it like you know that ferociousness of the of the snare and if if I can't feel the energy of the bass next to me I can't perform and they totally get that and the energy that they offer really allows me to to really you know put out the best version of the music that i believe needs to be put out
0: yeah yeah and i have to ask my listeners love hearing this now i have to ask what's your favorite and least favorite part of making new music
2: (laughs) i think uh, i think like uh it's we've i've gotten a lot better at it i'm quite like set in my ways as well so if i have an idea and then you know say the guys want to change things up we often have many arguments so i think uh the most difficult thing is to just like let go and to like understand that it's not maybe just your project, that this is a collaborative effort, and like the music is only really going to be as true self if we're all involved. So the best part for me is to um, have a finished product and actually go into studio. So I love going into studio. I love laying it down and actually like hearing uh, that version of the song. That's, you know, finally people are going to be able to sit at home and have a listen to. And obviously um, the worst part is, is, is it's probably like having disagreements about certain things that you might be super set in stone on so that's it i mean I, 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 that's that's pretty much it for me
0: i get you i get you and you know as a band what does this ep say
2: about you guys um it's well again this is just uh from my side in my opinion i wish i had the other two guys with me now but uh, say where we like, where we situated in Cape Town uh, I think it, it'll be like this uh, everywhere around the world is that within certain like music communities there'll always be like a click there'll be something that is super popular and if you're kind of not playing that specific kind of music then it's not like you shunned away but you do actually find it quite difficult to to get certain shows because those same those same bands that are in the click click will be the the, the bands that will kind of like throw the shows um so what i've seen and something that really like bothers me is that a lot of new bands that are just starting out are bands that feel like they have to make the kind of music in order to to fit in and you can when you stand and you watch them you can see that it's not something that they really feel and that's something that really bothers me so this ep i hope people will see like this is music that's real to us and we're not going to try and conform and play a specific kind of music just to get into certain places we've always remained true to ourselves and i think like the hard slugging and like just like working away and staying like like I said, staying true to ourselves is now finally like really paved off. And now we've got like a great following. Uh people are singing the music back to us. Like we have the mosh pits like happening out in front of us. It's absolute power. And I'm so incredibly thankful that we finally managed to get there after after this long, this long haul.
0: I really like that now. I like that you're not afraid to stick to your guns and be yourselves, that you won't conform to, you know, the to what everyone else is doing
2: yeah for sure i think uh, one of the most important things for me I've, I've had this discussion with with the band many times is that you know while we out in the circuit and doing our thing i feel like our main responsibility is to make sure that the scene continues and you know if we aren't able to encourage another band or two or three bands to want to well to, to form uh, then we we failed at our job like i think it's super important to like stay true to yourself do what it is that you enjoy because you will be communicating to a certain kind of individual and those people want to end up, you'll teach them that it's fine to, to play this kind of music and it's fine to say what we're saying. And it's totally fine to just put yourself out there. And there have been, there's been like three or four bands that have literally messaged us over Instagram saying like, Hey guys, check this out. This is like inspired by you. And that's something that really moves us.
0: That must be fairly mind bending though, yeah. when you get to that <laughs> stage, you know, because I, it is. I I imagine you constantly feel like maybe not that you're the new band, but you're still maybe at that level personally. But then when you get messages from bands and we really look up to you or you're inspiring us, geez, that must just, that must be the best compliment you can get.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I still, um, I'll never, ever really forget like that, that first, or that feeling that I had like the first time I actually heard people singing the, the the lyrics back to me. And I remember my, my girlfriends, she still said to me after this sh- the, the show that she said to me, this is what I've always told you is that you need to be careful what you say, because people are actually listening. And like you, you actually have it. So you need to have a message. Like, I mean, it sounds as silly and whatnot. And you know, once she said it to me, I really, I, I kind of like, tried to really sculpt what it is that I was saying, because then I knew that I had a voice and that I needed people to, to hear me, but also I needed to have a message that made them feel something. Uh, so when I heard people singing those lyrics back to me, it was the most incredible feeling. And, uh, and it's still happening today and it still gives me goosebumps. So it's, it's amazing.
0: I could imagine, I could imagine. And at this stage, so we'll, we'll dive into some of your early influences. This is a tough one. But if you can, can you tell us your earliest musical memory? Whew.
2: Um uh, actually uh I'll tell you, I mean, one of the maybe not such a huge influence right now, but one of the bands that really changed my whole perception of uh, you know, what I actually truly enjoyed and music that made me like kind of like open my, my mind was Blink 182. So I was like listening to a lot of like heavier stuff um back in the day, like Marilyn Manson and corn and uh you know a bunch of things and then somebody showed me blink and i was like what on earth is this this is crazy Uh, so i was like a huge blink 182 fan um when they broke up i was obviously super distraught uh but i was in london um i'm trying to think what the year was 2004 2003 2000 no 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 2004 yeah and then that 2004 uh i that was like so blink had disbanded and tom went on to doing like angel airwaves or whatever and then Mark and Travis started Plus 44. And uh, the day before my birthday, I saw Plus 44 I was playing at the London Astoria. And I was like, I need to go. I don't care what I need to do to be there, but I'm going to be there. And I managed to get uh, get myself a ticket. Well, actually, my mother sent me money from South Africa to get myself a ticket. And I, I bought it. And I went and I went by myself. I couldn't get anybody to go with me, but I went by myself to a place I'd never been. And I got to see um, Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker like, performing and i was just like super blown away i couldn't believe it and that is like the second show that they ever played uh after just you know blink disbanded i think they did a secret show at roxy's in like america or in los angeles or whatever and then the second show as the band was actually at the astoria which i got to see live so that is that is pretty incredible
0: oh man oh man <laughs> and uh <laughs> i actually uh I had the drummer from angels and airwaves oh, on the show before oh, yeah. alan rubin yes He's a pretty yes, cool no guy. Way. Yeah, it was a cool chat, and uh, that's a really nice segue now to concerts. From concerts you've attended, then what ones would you say have made you?
2: Um, okay, so so actually, um, we've been fortunate to play um, a, a few, you know, festivals and whatnot. But for me personally, uh, again, like I don't have the other two guys with me, so I can't really get the, the inputs. But I think something that really made me like that put that fire inside me like to really like carry on and push push really hard to make sure that it happens was there's a small festival actually in um in south africa called up the creek and uh, i mean they only have about two and a half thousand people so they keep it quite small and tight knit but it's one of the most amazing experiences i've ever had and um we, we just went like to go and enjoy the festival, but I stood there and, and we were watching all these bands like, yeah, it's a great festival, but there was a band called retro dizzy. And then they came on stage. And so that was the first time that I saw them. And they just played this, this amazing music that I stood there going. To, and I was like, what on earth? Like if these guys can perform in this kind of stage, this is, this is a sign. Like I need to push harder because the music that we're making right now that I'm busy writing is music that that too can be on the stage. So I think just from watching that performance, like it really like lit that fire in my belly that just made me like push hard and uh because of that because of that specific concert because of up the creek that specific year like i mean we've been super fortunate to to play in some of the biggest stages um and some of the biggest festivals in in and around south africa oh
0: man and you know for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows then what can they expect give us the full <laughs> experience if you can
2: uh, well i mean it's all about high energy, so we haven't really got any of these songs that you know you'll have these filler tracks where you'll like slow things down a bit, and then people will go to the bar and get themselves another drink or whatever. There's none of that. So we'll go hard hitting. It's about 45 minutes. T- it's we play about 12 uh, tracks, and we'll just like send from the first song right through into the last song. I mean, we'll speak here and there, but it's all about like keeping people in that zone. Like people must feel absolutely like bagged and completely like exhausted after a show, but. Uh, from the from the word go, it's all about like elect like that electrifying sound and that's um, you know hard drumming and dangerous bass riffs and sc- like not screaming but like that emotional like art on the, the mic. Like you need to grab those people from the very first track until the last track. And I mean, from the first song right through to the last, there's normally like a mosh pit that's happening in the front of us. Uh, sometimes, depending if there's something that I need to say, I'll grab a bottle of sparkling wine and I actually end it like you know spraying it over everybody because that really gets the party started <laughs> and you bring that out normally like <laughs> you normally bring that out around about like the the fifth song or the sixth song um and you can you know once you spray that over them I'd, i'll say something like like now nah, there's no freaking excuse not to party and people are like yeah woo! and then <laughs> yeah i mean it depends on, on who's all there on the night but sometimes would be some stage diving and and whatnot but it's all about um you know when you see us we want to connect with we, we want to connect with you, and we want to take our electricity and put it in you, so that we're able to resonate with one another. Because for us, especially with high energy music uh, like the, the alternative punk that we play, if the crowd is not feeling it, we can't perform. There's no freaking way. So it's important that from the word go, we've we've got you and you're feeling it. Because if you're feeling it, we're feeling it, and we can have a great time together.
0: Man, that sounds like, geez, where do you get the energy from?
2: <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I went. Uh, you know, it's funny. We played this one show not so long ago. Um, and one of my friends, he came to me often. He's like, "How do you do that? How do you still like rock out like that? Like, that, like you're still 20 years old?" <laughs> I'm like, "I, I can't. Ex- I can't explain it. I'm still going. I just love it. You know, there's just something that, yeah. you know, I've still got that fire. Uh, I'm not that old. I mean, he acts as if we're like grandpas, but I mean, it's it's not that bad. Like you know, once the once the music's got you, it's it's got you forever.
0: Mm. And how do you work on your stage show? are you? rehearsals as high energy or do you keep that for the, the actual event
2: yeah for sure no like uh w- we'll be careful because especially with the uh the aggressive nature of uh you know the vocals i do tend to try and not overdo it but it's hard because I'm, again like when you're tapping into that that rage it's like it just naturally comes out and i also feel that if i'm not able to really push myself i can't get the best out of my other two band members um but I, I do need to behave myself but in terms of like the energy in the room uh we're professional about it so we'll we'll talk about certain things like if there's something that didn't happen according like the way it should in that specific song we'll be like okay we're going to go back to that but let's carry on pushing on so we keep that energy there because if we ourselves can't rehearse at this at a similar kind of intensity to the live show then we, we're not doing ourselves any favor you know so we do send it we head-banging it's as if it's a live show whilst we're recording. We, I mean, not recording, rehearsing. We we really just want to give it all so that we're able to give you it all.
0: I get you. I get you. And you know, out of all the gigs you've played now since you began, is there one that you revisit in your head as maybe the most perfect experience you've had?
2: Yo, that's, that's a difficult question. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, I'm just trying to think here quickly. There's, they, they have, oh, actually, uh, when we released our, um, our, our album. So, I mean, it's, you know, you need to keep in mind that if you ever go and you visit that album, you need to like have an open mind because we were still trying to find our sound at the time, but you could hear, you can hear that there's something there, but we hadn't yet just found it. But when we released our, our, uh, that album called Quit Looking At Me, uh, we played at this venue called Bohemia and that place is absolutely packed. Like I've never seen that place like that ever before. Um again, like people were stage jumping, like people were grabbing us while we were on the stage. It was absolute chaos. And it was so perfect. Like we had played the music, we couldn't have played it be- better um on the evening. Um and it was just such a momentous occasion. Like you felt that after that show, we could totally disband and be like, be content. Cause it was just like the perfect evening. Um and then there's one other other events it might not have been the most amazing for um for a drummer i think he had a he had a bit of a a tough time but so we played this other uh, big festival um in south africa called park acoustics it's like a day fest but it's it's one of the most amazing events that you can go to um and i remember standing there there must have been about two thousand people in front of us at at the stage um but i remember playing like halfway through a song and I, I stood there going like, yes, I'm not, I'm not nervous. Why am I not nervous? I was just like in the moment loving it. It was like the most, and I remember like looking over to the bassist, and he just gave me this look like he knew what I was thinking. Like it was so incredible to feel that and to have that connection with the people and see that's like this big sea of people just like jumping up and down. Like that, that was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I'd say so. That must be kind of tough when you get an experience like that and maybe the next ones don't live up to it then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that that that's hard to come. I, I mean, they'll they'll be um like, how can I say? Are we able to talk about it now? Because again, we we're getting old and we we understand each other better. But like the drummer and myself, we've had many fallouts before. It's just ideas. It I think it's just like um, erratic personalities, like trying to like understand one another. You know, it's so it's better now, but we would often have arguments like. You wouldn't really see it but on stage it would be like going at each other because either he thinks I'm playing too fast or like I'm telling him he's playing too slow and it's uh it it, it gets a bit messy but uh you know it, we get through it. <laughs> and and so so anyway so that's that's kind of getting back to what you're saying so you'll come from this crazy big show where it's like packed to the max and everybody's got this great energy but then we're all humans you know like we we don't although we're friends and we talk a lot often it is that humans are like that is that if if there is something bothering you sometimes you have to keep it to yourself sometimes you're not comfortable with really sharing it even with those that are the closest to you so you don't always know what's happening in somebody's life so i think we've gone into a stage where if you're kind of like not performing at your best and if there's something on your mind then it's fine we'll accept it like we, let's just get through the show and we'll maybe we can talk about it if not we can get to the next one and just make sure that's a banger so we just have to carry on pushing on and before we just have arguments on, or not arguments but We'd give each other like dirty looks, like if somebody hits the wrong notes during a, a track. But now if somebody screws up, you just have to like run straight and tackle over, you know, just carry on moving forward. Because, again, we're all humans. We will make mistakes. But as long as you're having a good time and you still got those people in, your, in the palm of your hands, like there's nothing that's going to stop you.
0: Yeah, true, true. And, you know, to switch it around then you know, without naming names now, but is there a gig that you would say was the worst experience? What happened and how did you deal with it?
2: Oh, um, yeah, so I'm going to, I'll use the, that's, that's I mean, it, it wasn't really for me, but say that Park Acoustics show that we were talking about, our drummer had a bit of a, he wasn't feeling well. And then what happened is that our whole performance got dragged on by like, or it got delayed for about 35 minutes because it was pouring down as rain and, you know, this water came gushing down on like PAs and all that kind of stuff. So it was just like chaos. Um, and then he was in his zone, but he got pulled out of it. And then he started getting like, he was a bit anxious and then he wanted to like get sick. So, I mean, if you're your timekeeper, being the drummer, like the one that's that's got like the, the loudest sound and he's the one that you're you feeding off if he's in that kind of state like you go in there feeling very nervous and i remember we got to a track um where he just stopped through this through the track like he stopped like halfway through the song he's like no my snake is like completely screwed this thing is broken it snapped and we're like what on earth and like so we had all these people like going but now all of a sudden the, the, the show stops and he's like no no he needs to change this so we're like oh shit what are we going to do so Lyle is like just going there playing like a little funky bass you know line i'm just like hey you know you have to just try and control the moments and i was just like listen everybody technical difficulties but i mean it wouldn't be a show without it like you know that kind of stuff have a little chuck with it but we had to like try and get him to to to, like feel it again and be like don't worry everything's gonna be okay they had another snare available the snare came on stage but it wasn't anything like this, like his own snare. So where I'm gonna this might sound silly with me doing it the sounds, but his snare will be like da, da, where the snare that they had, the standard snare comes in, and it's like ding, ding, ding.
1: Oh man. <laughs>
2: yes, so it just like killed the whole like the zone and like the feel and the power of the music. But hey, it's what we had, and we had to just get through to the end of it. So we did it, and then afterwards so it was fine. And uh I mean shame i mean i I feel sorry for him like that was that was terrible um i mean all of us have had uh, shit shows um but it's it's all part of the learning process i think there's not one single band out there i mean even the bands that are touring like all year round they're still going to have one or two shows undoubtedly they're going to be shit it's just how it goes we are not we're not robots you know what i mean and you can't you should never ever take that that human side of the music out of it that's why even in in studio we'll We'll do certain things, especially from the vocal side, where instead of once you redo it, you'll be like, I like that human element of it. It's keep it real, you know? So people are quick to judge, but sometimes there's no space for judgment, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, your shows sound like an absolute wild time, but <laughs> something the audience don't see is backstage. What goes on with you guys backstage? I'd imagine. There's wild partying and stuff like that. Or are you very <laughs> sensible and like choir boys?
2: Well, well, so that's the thing. Like uh, some backstages are really not as glamorous as a lot of people might think. So it might just be like a couple of chairs and, and a bottle, a few bottles of still water. I mean, it's that's it. And you're like, damn, this is not very rock and roll at all. But I mean, a lot of the backstages are actually only just there for you to like kind of like gather your thoughts and just discuss things, discuss things before you actually go on stage and do your thing where other times uh, you'll go off stage and, you know, then there's plants being pulled out and there's shots of tequila and there's whiskey. And like, then you just go for it. Then you live in the rock and roll dream. Like, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's always fun after the show, especially if the show has been great, you know, um to, to be honest, you're only really backstage for like such a short period of time because the people that are coming to our, to our shows, they, the most important to us. So the minute we're we off stage, we go straight to them and we just want to mingle and want to like drink with them and party with them and just like, you know, be thankful for, for the attendance kind of thing. So we try and not spend as much time as possible backstage. Um, We prefer obviously mingling with, with the people out in the crowd.
0: It's right. Nice segue again to the next question then. When it's time for showtime, your pre-show and post-show rituals, how do you psych yourself up? And then how do you wind down?
2: Um so I, I remember like in the earlier uh, like right at the beginning um of the band like i was always like super hyped and i was always stressed and like freaked out and the guys would be like don't even come near us because i would just put them completely out of the zone you know but um i think it's a, a major thing was just because i cared so much and i really wanted everything to be perfect um and luckily again the the more the longer we've been together and the longer i've been involved with music the easier it's become for me to like rather like rather than freak out i actually enjoy it now like now i'm excited to actually just go on and just do like like perform um so before the show we kind of it's it's an odd relationship that we have we are mates but we won't really like properly like hang out and do like crazy rituals and whatnot we'll just like sit around together and we'll have a discussion and be like oh, cool cool this is how we're going to take it uh, tonight and whatnot and then maybe we'll kind of like give each other like a hug before or a half five. Just like say like we've got each other's backs, like let's just make sure that this is going to be a sick show. And then I normally try and throw something in there like listen, if, if there's any issues on stage, remember it's always better to play quicker than what it is to play slower. That's uh then uh, that's 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 kind of the advice I give the guys always and then um at the end uh you know like if if it is a shit show it is a bit difficult to to try to get the guys not feeling negative about things. Um, But you just have to be adult about it. And, you know, we are emotional uh, people in general. I think anybody that plays this kind of music, there will definitely be elements of emotion. Like if you aren't the emotional person, you'll never be able to delve into the power that you need. Um, So you just have to control those emotions, be like, listen, it happened. Let's just work on it next time. But if it's a great show, then you want to keep on that high. You don't want to come down from that. You just want to go for it, you know? (laughs) <laughs> and
0: you know we've heard all about the shows now but when you're not touring or playing gigs how do you stay connected with your fans
2: um so yeah just just through social media you know so uh, just keeping in the loop keeping active letting guys know what's what's happening um you know like just reminding everybody that there's new music that's out. or when last did you check out this video um a lot of our fans are also like very close friends and that so we're always around them nonetheless so uh we just try and keep keep busy via social media we try not be like the one thing that i try not to is post unnecessary garbage um then you just try to remain relevant if you've got something cool to post then then post that you know but um you yeah, most of the guys that come to our shows we know them personally so we're always hanging around with them nonetheless so that's how we, we, we keep up keep up to date with everybody. But, it, but we also try and keep uh, active in terms of, I mean, it was a year ago that we put out Intimate Enemy, then it was now Dead Nature. And we already, I've already started writing uh, for the next EP. So uh, we <laughs> need to keep at it. And yeah, so although, although we should be sitting back and enjoying this EP, remember, but when this EP was launched on the 28th, we probably heard it for like a month, before so we were like we over those songs they seem like super old (laughs) to us but everybody's like oh that's so sick but by the by the time like you know when when you listen to it again you're like nah i've heard that song way too many times now so it's it's funny how it goes so you have to start you know you have to consistently think of of what's coming next um uh how how are you going to write the next one what's the next video you're going to put out um you know everything moves so quickly and there's it's not that it's competition but you know we want to continue getting amazing opportunities and those opportun- opportunities will never come to us if we're not consistently working hard for them. Um, so that's why we just have to carry on you know like I say run straight and tackle low.
0: <laughs> right right. And as a band then how do you guys keep yourselves motivated and inspired to keep going and creating great music?
2: I think you know luckily we've found three individuals that have that same kind of burning desire to, to be in a band that is active and a band that is recognized in a band that will get opportunities to, to play these big, these big shows. Cause I've, I've been in bands where you've got three guys that feel like that, but the other two, it's more like a hobby. When you're in that kind of scenario, you're never really going to have a purpose and you're never really going to move in the right direction. So luckily for the three of us, we are constantly pushing each other. Like, if I'm not throwing something uh, like a new riff or, or, or whatnot, then one of the guys is saying, like, we need to get a show over here. And somebody's like, have you seen this kind of event? So we're constantly like chatting to make sure that we're reminding each other that we have to keep pushing on. Um, there's no time to sit back and relax. Uh, we have to carry on working. So luckily, we've got three people in the band That's that all kind of are at that same kind of uh, level.
0: Mm. Right, right. And, you know, I'm sure it rarely happens now, but how do you handle criticism or negative feedback about your music?
2: Yeah, like uh, we took it quite uh, poorly the first time. So like I mentioned, uh, Quit Looking At Me, that first uh, album that we put together. So at that stage, we had this mindset like we've got songs. um, We desperately need to get music out there because you might be playing shows but there's no physical or there's no music for people to listen to like you know, there's no ways you're going to be able to grow your fan base or encourage people to come if they can't hear anything so we kind of I feel like we we rushed that process the music is still good like if you go listen to it you can hear the you can hear that that there's something there but we hadn't yet really found what we wanted to say um and i love i don't know i still it's like a little guilty pleasure i'll go listen to this stuff i think that that lo-fi sound that we had going there was was super sick. Um but obviously we refined refined it um now and now we're a lot harder. We have like a, a, an identity which which we able to like really mold um in the direction that we wanted to go. Um but uh shit now I forgot what you actually asked there. <laughs> I went <laughs> off on the time.
0: <laughs> How do you handle uh, <laughs> criticism? Oh, the right? criticism
2: criticism? Yeah, yeah 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 so what I was trying to say was that with that's that's uh, I mean, because we, we we kind of rushed it we got quite a bad review or not a bad review, but it wasn't very good. And I was just like, hell no, we're never going to go to that publication again. Like whatever, that's the end of them. Um, and we, we didn't submit anything to them for like three years. I think uh, it was that we're like, we're never going to chat to them again. Uh, whatever. Cause they're clearly irrational and they don't understand what you're trying to do. But I mean, that's just their job. We were also like, younger and we were also trying to find ourselves so we were so not in the right state of mind when reading it for the first time so uh you know it took a long time for us to just get over that but now we over it if by any chance people do criticize the music then it's just not for them I mean if you've totally got your say I mean if you want to have an opinion that's great like uh thank you for listening to the song but you don't have to listen to it again you know what I mean so it doesn't hurt as much because we know we've got people that do appreciate that and that's those are the people that we making the music for um so yeah i mean but funny enough i'll tell you something about that same woman that, that criticized that that's that's uh that first album uh when we were releasing so we released a music video for the fever which forms part of this ep dead nature and we dropped that music video and uh, obviously mongrel records would go around and you know they would get they'd submit these for for reviews and whatnot and when i saw it, the review started coming in for that music video, and I saw that same woman's name that gave us the bad review back in 2018. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm too scared to <laughs> open this. Like, this is gonna be terrible." But wow, that woman gave us like such a crazy review. Like, it, when I read it, I got goosebumps. Like, I felt that she, like, now it's like as if she knew that we've got our identity, and she could totally tap into what it is that I'm saying. And the music video made total sense with the message that that we're trying to put through. It was so incredible. So uh, all the reviews and and all the feedback that we've gotten from the Dead Nature EP so far, including the video, have been nothing short uh, of amazing. So if any of those uh, people who did reviews or uh, any of those people from the publications, if they're listening to this, I just want to say thanks a lot. We really appreciate that.
0: It's great to hear that with her specifically, though, you came full circle, you know
2: yeah <laughs> yeah yes yeah. I, I i think i i hold a grudge there like i'm not even lying for like three years um, <laughs> but you have you have to just like drop it because you know the publication was just probably one of the biggest music publications in in south africa uh so you you can't like avoid it mm. but we were we were very like scared but we knew that we had a great product so the, the first ep back that we had obviously submitted was uh intimate enemy that i lost the and <clears throat> ep sorry and uh, they gave us like a raging review and then ever since that we we're like okay cool let's just let's just deal with it let's roll with the punches as they come but uh, everything seems to be pretty decent for now
0: that's good to hear. and this question now it's a very big question but i'd love to hear your thoughts on it so what's your thoughts on the future of punk music and its evolution
2: yo that's a good question because that's not really something that we'd really like you know you're so uh consumed with what's happening now and mm. you, you're you not thinking like so far into the future you're thinking about like maybe like a six to 12 month kind of uh you know time frame so you, you're looking that far ahead but uh i think you know there were always especially now i think with how things are going like there's a lot of angst there's riots like people are like bleak you know with covid and all that kind of stuff the lockdowns I think there's like, in general, people are, are, have a little bit of more of that angsty kind of vibe. Like people are pissed, you know, like they, they're irritated. They don't, under, they don't, they don't enjoy this like control that governments are trying to like kind of, inf- sorry, this is not trying, I'm not trying to be political, but you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah. For as long as there's any kind of like, um, of that like, that angsty kind of feel, like if you've got something that really is underneath your skin, I think punk will be fine. Uh, punk is just like, it's a great, for me, I've always understood punk as, um, I mean, I knew punk as blink 182, but that was, that's like pop punk. That's, that's a different little monster on its own. But, but now like when you, when you like, I'm trying to think if you listen to bands like idols or, or uh, uh, Proto tomato or even the hives, like that's kind of like these guys have messages, they go for it. Like, you know, that's like angry stuff. Heavy lungs is another one. One of my favorite bands, they are from the UK, like, uh, or from England <clears throat> and that's you know those people harness that, that energy and that anger and they're able to really like put it through their music and that's something that res- resonates with me and i'm just one of millions of people that will that will be touched by that so as long as there's any kind of uh, angst and whatnot or disagreement towards the system i think punk will be fine and in terms of uh you know how it's going to revolutionize i, I, I mean even if it goes electronic i, I reckon you can still have the electronic version of punk like 100%. I'd, I'd actually love to delve in that maybe one day if I ever feel like um, my live performance days need to come to an end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I doubt it'll happen. But but if it ever happens, like, I'd love to sit in my room, get myself, like, a little chaos pad and, like, a, I don't know, just, like, muck a bite and just do something, like, totally obscure. Um, so I, I'm excited to see how it's going to go. But I think for the time being, I think punk, punk is, like, alive and well and it will be for a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have to ask something just popped into my head there. How far back does your listening go when it comes to punk? Would you go as far back as like the Stooges and the Sex Pistols or?
2: No. So, so, so that's the thing. Like, um, I, I really, I only really started getting into music like quite late into, I think I was like about 13. I mean, of course, my parents are listening to like the, the golden oldies, and you know, and that kind of stuff. So that's the music that we're kind of associated with. And I think at that time I was like, not that like starship and that kind of stuff like you know we built this city (laughs) i mean i mean i guess like if i've had a few toots in me i'll 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 bring out those bangers i don't care but i mean uh but but back then i mean it's that's not really music that resonated with us as as kids but um i only started listening to like metallica and uh twisted sister and corn and Manson and silver chair and that kind of stuff when I was about 13, 14 years old, you know? So I only really started getting into music from that, from that side. So I didn't really delve into like the proper punk until much later, mm. uh, where I got introduced, like, Oh shit, it goes much deeper. I don't know. You've obviously seen the seven ages of rock. Mm. Yo, that, that is some powerful stuff. And if anybody out there has never seen that BBC, like uh documentary it's seven parts, I think the seven ages, Yeah, seven ages of rock, obviously. Um, but yo, that's amazing when they go through through the whole like punk area that's like incredible like that's proper like people just didn't care like they were going to go for it I think um, I don't know if you'd really classify them as punk but like your Joy Division as well like those guys I think influenced hundreds and thousands of bands out there
0: oh yeah yeah I think they're more new wave though compared to punk yeah but no, still a great band
2: for sure I mean that's the thing like do you think maybe over all these years like just like the whole understanding of punk. Do you think that's that's kind of, you know, like you're talking about what does it mean in the future? I think maybe the understanding of punk, like there's there's, there's so many different ways of understanding it and what it means. I think punk is m- maybe more like a, a mindset th- th- than what it is a sound. You
0: actually read my mind because I was thinking to myself, you know, <laughs> back in the 70s and the 80s when punk really started, it was like this subculture and this certain type of music that was all about revolution and standing up against the the man like but uh i feel like over the years it kind of bled into every genre and you know it could be even pop or it could be well i suppose not classical but as long as you've got a song that's kind of standing up against someone there's elements of punk it i believe
2: for sure i mean i think like even the smiths like Mm. Morrissey, yo, that guy, that guy, that guy's punk, like 100%. Like, <laughs> people can say what they want about the Smiths, but yo, those oaks as well, just like so good at what they do. And uh, I mean, you know, like it's classic, everybody always talks about it, those upbeats, like indie jams, but just like the message that Morrissey was putting across is always like morbid and just like he had something to say, like. He wasn't just going to be happy like he's going to tell <laughs> you exactly how it is and and that for me like that's that mindset of like punk rock you know yeah
0: exactly exactly <laughs> and back to your band then are there any specific goals or milestones that you hope to achieve
2: yeah so i think uh we've we've really enjoyed uh having the opportunity to play a lot of incredible festivals around here in south Africa and you know traveling a lot a lot up to khao Teng. Um, I mean, that's where most of the action happens is up North. Um, but now we feel like, I mean, there are one, there's, there's two more festivals that I want to play in South Africa to feel content with what it is that we've done here. But there's only one venture after that, which is coming. I mean, doing an international tour. So that is something that we really want to do. I mean, international I use as a very broad term because like people always think like, what are you going on tour? But it's, it's probably like 14 shows over like 20 days kind of thing. Like, but it's still it's hard work and it, it, i mean the experience must be like an experience of a lifetime so we it's it's hard for us to like really gauge on where we feel our music would do best um and where the reception would be the best but right now we're leaning towards um the uk so we, we'd love to come across the uk for a short period of time during the course of next year and then just take it from there um so that right now is the big the big thing that we're discussing i mean obviously it's going to cost a bit of money though we'll need to get sponsors involved And all that kind of stuff but uh that's that's kind of where we we're leaning towards so hopefully um it'll happen i mean if you want it i mean i already mentioned we crafters we've never once really felt like you know we're taking steps backwards we always carry on going forwards and i I think as long as we maintain that mindset uh, nothing will be impossible
0: yeah yeah exactly what is that have you ever heard of that punk festival in england i think it's in blackpool is it rebellion fest or something
2: oh no i haven't i'm gonna check it out i'm gonna check it out now i know that the punk rock holiday is happening now i think it's in is it slovenia or croatia or one of the, one of these countries uh, that's happening right now and that festival looks freaking incredible so i know that's not really in the uk but if we manage to come across that side and it's around about the same time i mean i'll reach out to the guys and see what we can do but
0: yeah, you should. Because when you were speaking, that stuck into my head straight away. I think it's like a four-day punk extravaganza in Blackpool. And yeah, you guys would fit right in.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, so so we'll definitely just have to reach out and drop messages and just try to find somebody who's who's interested in helping us like set things up. Because if you've got somebody who's on the ground that side, who has the connections, who can obviously just ask the question and do the pitch, it just makes life so much easier, you know, but uh, I mean, I'm not shying away from any of that. I think I've probably sat behind the PC and sent like whack emails to many, many places. But I mean, you need to ideally know the right person because these guys are being bombarded with thousands of bands. Um, so for you to really, it, it's literally a lack of the, the draw. Like, okay, I'm going to open this mail. Okay, well then you've got opportunity because you're the one lucky person that the manager just decide to have a look at. So, it's just grafting. I guess we're just going to have to carry on really working hard and just hoping that the hard work pays off. I've always felt that, you know, with the amount of uh, effort and the energy and the blood, sweat and tears that you put into music, the music will reward you one day. hundred percent.
0: Yeah, definitely. I always kind of say a personal mantra of mine is if you work hard enough at something, it will eventually pay off, whether it's five months or five years, you know, but something sure. will come from it.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. And it's a, you know, I've, we've seen it, you've seen it, everybody's seen it. There have been um, artists that get opportunities like like easy opportunities, like uh, people that haven't really had to work that hard but get themselves onto the biggest stages. Um, I mean, yes, talent is obviously great, so maybe that's, that's something. But I just feel that maybe sometimes the people that get those easy opportunities are the ones that don't really truly appreciate the moment when it happens. Yeah. Um, so I feel like if you've really had to like grovel and do the hard work and get bad reviews, but pick yourself up and carry on going on. When those big opportunities come, damn, I mean, imagine how amazing that's going to feel.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we've heard about what you hope will happen. Future plans for the immediate future, I suppose, is there anything set in stone, any gigs you want to tell us about any, well, not new music, obviously, (laughs) because you have the EP, but any gigs?
2: (laughs) Okay, well, well, before I, I get there, actually, there will be a new music video that comes out uh, in the next. I think it'll probably be about two and a half months, three months. So there'll be a, a music video that comes out for "Young, Young Father," um, that track that's that's on the Dead Nature EP. And then, um, in terms of shows, there there is a big show that's that's coming up. Uh, well, actually, we're playing two shows now. Uh, the end of August, we're playing with one of our friends' bands from uh, from Jo'burg, from Johannesburg, um, called the Beach Boys. <laughs> That's D right. A. so Dab Beach Boys with the Z. <laughs> um, they're also like a hardcore band. Uh, so we've got a nice show that's, uh, that's scheduled um on the 31st. And then uh, we play another like day festival with them called Holy Smokes Fest. That's uh, on the 2nd of September. And then at the end of October, there's quite a big festival that happens up north. I'm not going to say anything yet because they're still yet to actually really make the announcement. But we've got something really special lined up uh, for, the, for the end of August. I mean, sorry, October. So I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Um, ah, exciting times ahead. So, <laughs> and uh, we'll dive into the last couple of questions. So, I have three very random, very odd questions for you, but I'm looking forward to seeing your answers. So, <laughs> if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Um,
2: I'd I'd probably want to see Nirvana. Um, hundred percent. I think the the influence of of Kurt Cobain, um, I mean, it resonates with so many, many hundreds and thousands of people. Like, I would, I wish I could just witness them. That that trifecta of sound that those three got together, and the amount of influence that they had by just doing what it is that they love. Like, they were definitely a band that didn't give it. Like, they couldn't care less about what you thought of what they were doing because they were doing what what meant something something to them. Um, so I think Nirvana would be an amazing. Uh, band to to watch live and uh, another band that's still going I mean it's not the the original um you know members and whatnot but the pixies they were they were um here in south africa not so long ago but I couldn't get tickets they were all sold out and but my girlfriend went because her cousin so it was it was so evil so the whole of that month before they came down I had to, we were listening to pixies every single night we were singing along with pixies we were watching pixies music videos or watching live shows And then she went with the cousin to the show and I just sit at home twiddling my thumbs. It was like the most evil thing to ever happen to me. So that's still a band that I'm (laughs) Yeah, yes. Yeah, I was bleak. Yeah, I was so pissed. But um so those are the two bands that are probably like my biggest influence, like biggest influences on me and my my style of of writing. So to see them live would be like, whew, killer.
0: Yeah, those two very good ones. I'd absolutely I cut off my right arm to see nirvana i have actually seen uh the pixies they were oh, supporting the chili peppers at my very oh, first wow. concert back in 2004
2: no unbelievable
0: yeah yes. yeah. and they're playing three nights in dublin this year but tickets what? were like absolute gold dust <laughs> but are you gonna go i didn't manage to get a ticket unfortunately they literally got snapped up as quick as you could. I don't know.
2: Wait, hey, you never know. Maybe you'll be lucky. You just have to keep your eyes peeled. You know, you always got these guys trying to sell tickets for like triple the price closer to the event date. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Although I'm sure it'll be back around. They played last year as well in Ireland, which was strange then that they're playing so soon after. So maybe next year it'll be back around.
2: Yeah. How was how's how's the how was the support in Ireland for for the pixies
0: Oh. They they're loved over here. People absolutely Brilliant. love them. Yeah, as soon as they announce a date, like you just can't get tickets.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's amazing. Eh? Shit, that that show must be incredible. I, I got to see the Cure. They came down to, uh, to the South, to South Africa not so long ago um, either. I mean, as well, and to see, um, you know, Robert Smith like just standing on the stage like that that aura of his is like so captivating. And I remember we were in Golden Circle, and it was so it was so. Inc- it didn't feel full at the time. I mean it was a lot of people, but it didn't feel full. But he just like as soon as he he strummed that first note, like everybody just like pushes forward. And I found myself like levitating off the ground. My feet were not on the ground. <laughs> and I was just like swaying from side to side with the with the crowd. And it was like the, the air was so thick. It felt like you couldn't breathe and it was so hot and it was smoky. It was so beautiful. Um so to watch them live as well was was absolutely incredible experience.
0: Yeah, I've always wanted to see them myself now. That'd be a, a very good one. And the uh the next one now, here's where the odd part comes in. If you had to spend twenty-four hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be?
2: Shit. Um uh yes. I don't even know how to answer this question. <laughs> um yeah, I don't want to just say like Kurt Cobain, because I appreciate appreciate him as a, as a musician, but I don't know if we'd really get get on. I mean, I don't know, like that's. Uh,
0: It'd be tough,
2: it, so yeah. This this uh, this question completely threw me um, out. I think. Let me just think. Yeah. Um, shit, there. Eh? I'm actually lost for words right now. I think, you know, just just because of. Uh, he was probably like the, the main reason why I picked up the guitar was, I mean, people are going to be like, that's weakest, but it's not weak. It's just somebody who made a big, like a uh, difference uh, to me. I would actually say Mark Hoppers from, from blink One Eighty Two. I think the, the, what that specific band did for me as, as an individual and as a human, like they bridged the gap. They made me believe that this, like I wanted to pick up guitar. When I was listening to all those, those older bands, the heavier stuff. And, I was like super morbid and whatnot. I wasn't, I mean, they didn't really inspire me. I was just listening to them because like friends were saying, listen to them. But the minute blink came into my life, like everything just kind of made sense. And Mark's personality and um, just like his stage presence and his misdemeanor was something that kind of resonated with me. So, and I know that he went through like a, I still follow the band and I still follow them individually and all that kind of stuff. And it's great to see the original three back together. and, uh it's i mean mark recently got diagnosed with cancer but he's i don't know if you've followed that at all but no he had actually. cancer actually he, yeah so he's actually come out of it so it's so thankfully um his chemo and his, his therapy worked and now they are doing world tours again so i gotta imagine how difficult it must have been and that's that's the reason why uh the three of them are back together because i think Tom most likely got you know shock of his life. I mean, mm. whether they fight or they don't, they don't, they've shared so many amazing memories together and they'll always be friends. So when it gets to a stage where you're so close to losing somebody so important to you, I think that kind of got them, you know, together again. So I'd I'd love to sit with him and just tell him, like, you know, thank you for inspiring me and thank you for uh without you even knowing. Like the, the amount of work that you've done for me as an individual is 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 invaluable, you know
0: yeah yeah that'd be the the perfect one so and uh the <laughs> hardest question for last so
2: if, if there's one more difficult than this first first one uh, this previous question i don't know <laughs> i think it took me about 20 minutes to try and think of somebody
0: <laughs> right i hope you have about two hours to spare soul because i've been told this one is the hardest one of all oh, no. if there was a song to appear on the soundtrack to your life what would it be
2: Um, actually there's a, there's a song that I think is, well, I don't think it's underrated, but, um, I don't think it's a a song that gets as much credit as, as it should. Uh, and I just, it's something that's, I don't know why, but that, that song just like really speaks to me and just that specific song, like moves me in a way that makes me feel like it like understands me just like the, the rhythmic part of it and how everything comes together, uh, so uh, it's it's a song from the Pixies, uh, but the song is "Lala Love You." I think that song is probably the most beautiful song you've ever heard in your life. And if that song could be the the, the soundtrack of my my life, that would be freaking incredible. <laughs> so, so I don't know when last you listened to that track, but that that song is uh, that's like a masterpiece. And and it's and and, and it's also not um, uh, it's not even Frank Black that that's singing. It's actually David uh, Lamming, the the drummer. He's the one that's doing the vocals in the track, and I don't understand why he hasn't done um, more vocals in any of the tracks because that guy's got an amazing voice.
0: Weird, strange. I have, I, you know, I can't think of that song. I know I've probably heard it, but I'll have to listen to it after this now and refresh it.
2: Yeah, go, go, give it a, give it a spin. I mean, it's such a, it's like I said, it's a masterpiece. I, I, I'm not going to do it justice trying to explain why it's so amazing. You need to just go <laughs> listen to it for yourself.
0: Right, right. Listen, Garrett, it's been an absolute blast. I've really enjoyed chatting with you for the last hour.
2: Yeah, man, thanks a lot. I really appreciate the time. And again, thanks a lot for taking the time out to to chat to bands on the other side of the the world. I mean, we really appreciate it. And I hope that you know from this conversation people go and listen to the music and understand what it is uh that, that we're trying to put across. And again, thanks to everybody that's listening. And uh thanks thanks to this amazing podcast that you're running. And I hope that you manage to get tickets to the Pixies.
0: Enjoyed this episode? If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code Concerts, and you'll receive ten percent off. So, until next time, keep rocking! Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over.